Guten Tag. Welcome. This is Lou Gerlach from Confessions of a PYP Teacher. I'm so excited that you're here with me for confession number 29. Today we're going to talk about connecting agency with international mindedness. You know, we've had a chance in our last podcast um, to look at how we can incorporate international mindedness into our daily practice. So really now it's how will we use them? And how is it going to guide our practice as an educator? So we're going to look at um, the agency continuum that we utilized um, in prior podcasts uh, when we talked about agency to gauge where we are in the process. As a reminder, the agency continuum has four phases. There's teacher-driven, where the teacher is doing all the work and thinking, modeled, where the teacher provides all of the activities and the students do it. Um, Guided, the teacher provides the topic and the students design the process and the product. Learner-driven, the learner chooses the topic and decides on the process and product. So now that we've reviewed that agency continuum again, let's take a moment to think about where you are and where you'd like to be be with international mindedness. Many of us are either hedging towards the end, you know, of the school year. Um, Those in the Southern Hemisphere are, are ready to, you know, take that wonderful summer break. For those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, we're looking at renewal of the new calendar year coming. So this is a great time to think about these things as we're making goals for the next stage of our teaching. So we're going to think about what are the goals that you're going to make, that you're going to work on to help you. So we need to have some success criteria, right? For demonstrating agency with international mindedness. So here is our success criteria. We're going to first present this success criteria to you, then you're going to reflect on where you are, okay? So giving time to tinker, and that can be multiple things, but when I think of tinkering, I'm thinking of playing with ideas. So one of the ways we can develop our understanding of international mindedness is through opportunities to tinker with ideas and to reflect. Children need the freedom to just think without the time pressure, without um, feeling like they're being rushed. Because it's in those quiet moments that that aha moments happen where dispositions are created. And I don't mean endless amounts of time because that's not realistic, but it does take time. And I know many of you who are hearing this are instantly worried, but I've got standards to teach. I've got pressure from parents. I've got targets I've got to meet. I'm preparing for a test. And I understand that because that's, um, I've seen it from all facets, right? But the one thing that I want you to understand is that as you advance in your PYP journey, you're going to have 
some experience with teaching through a transdisciplinary and conceptual lens. And that's coming next in our podcast series. And you're going to see that the content will get covered in such greater detail with more meaning attached to it, that students are able to replicate the process, be able to um, articulate why they've chosen that process at such a deeper level. And I think that's something that is um, in a traditional learning model is very lacking, um, especially also for schools that are transitioning towards the PYP. This is one of the greatest hurdles that we have to overcome. So how do we give time to tinker with ideas? Because it will pay off in the end. So we talked about in our last podcast about utilizing an inquiry table or an inquiry stations. Um, oh, I'm sorry, not last podcast when we were talking about learner profile. When we're utilizing those types of tools, an inquiry table and inquiry stations that are kind of standalone, they reinforce the ideas of your unit, but they're there to provoke and to help students to make connections. By going through those experiences, you'll find that your students are able to ask more questions and connect to their prior experiences. And this is important in building international mindedness because it's how can students connect with other cultures and other way of doing things if they don't understand their own And that's a big part of being open-minded. It's really hard to be open-minded if you have no clue of where your own people stand on things and the way they believe and the way they do things. If you don't understand those things, how then can you be more open to someone else's way of doing things? You're not. Or maybe you will be, but it won't be to the full extent that it could be. And so those types of um, provocations, that inquiry table, that those inquiry stations, they will help students to give them a place in the room to tinker with the ideas such as gender roles, cultural norms, beliefs and values, and so much more. And they need that time to play with it. Oh, play-based learning, that's a common. But, you know, what does that look like? So now I want you to reflect. Where are you on that agency continuum and allowing these experiences to unfold in your classroom? Are you giving time to tinker? Is right now, you're like, no, I direct everything and that's okay. You know, because we all have to start somewhere. Um, is it more, no, okay, I, you know, I'm still driving, I'm modeling everything. Um, kids are doing some thinking, that's modeled. Guided is more, okay, I'm going to give them a little bit of flexibility to tinker. A little tinkering's going on. And learner-driven, a lot of tinkering. They're doing all the thinking. So they're ding, ding, ding. The tinkering is going off the charts. So where do you think you are? And remember, we're making a goal. So if let's say I were at the point of modeled where I'm like, 
Mm, the teacher provides all the information and then the students do it. Maybe that's where I'm at. Well, my goal is going to go to guided then, okay? Um, because you, and you want to be able to be specific of why are you moving it to guided? You want to give time to tinker and you don't really have that. So you want to get kids to design the process and the product, right? Whatever that might look like. I hope that makes sense. If you're a visual person like me, um, go to our blog post with the same name, um, of confession 29 and you'll see some visual tools that'll help you with that. Okay, so here's another possibility of how to build um, and connect with agency and international mindedness. So we're looking at how do we build capacity through multiple options. As we know, not everyone is going to resonate to the same activities um, that you have planned based on their learning styles, their the experiences that they've had in life and their exposure to the outside world. So the children don't have a schema to um, things that are happening in the world. It's going to be really hard for them to connect. We might have to provide that, that background knowledge. So we're going to need to provide multiple options so students can make connections to the engagement that is most connected to their real life situation. So we know that through agency, we provide choice. We want to be mindful of how that choice is bringing about a connection to international mindedness. So how do we do that? One possibility is to ask yourself, are we providing examples related to other cultures? Do your student workstations, the standalone inquiry tables, inquiry stations. Is it connected to other cultures through the lens of your content? So an example of that would be if we're looking at, let's say, what first thing that comes to my mind is the water cycle. Are we looking at universally how the water cycle affects every person on the planet? Or are we just looking at the process of the water cycle and not thinking about how water is connected to everything that's happening in life? That every living thing needs water and then it goes through a process. And so if we put chemicals into the air that filter through the water, it's not only going to impact our life, and our quality of life, but it's also going to impact the people that come that are going to experience that same water source after us. Eventually, it will clean, you know, the, the air will clean itself and filter that water. But what does that look like? So now you're bringing some global context to it. Are we also allowing students to make connections between what they do and how they do it with other ways from around the world. So an example of that, if we're looking at making basic things, so something I learned when I was in Germany and teaching there is that numbers and how they're organized are different. 
They don't use periods for decimals. They use commas. Um, there are no question mark, a question, um, not question marks, commas in between eras in a number. For na- all nouns are capitalized, not just proper nouns, so that they pop out. So there are differences in why do those differences matter? How does it impact learning? Now you're adding some richness of looking at alternative ways of doing things. You can also ask your students and consider asking your students about when they're reflecting, how are their beliefs and values influencing the choices that they make? Now you're tapping into relevant connections about my culture. And then you can, from there, you're able to say, okay, from your culture, you believe these things, so that's why it influences your decisions. Well, how about these, this culture over here who has these beliefs and values, how's it going to impact the decisions they make? Now you're building that international mindedness, that openness to multiple ways of thinking. So where are you on the agency continuum in allowing these experiences to unfold in your classroom? Reminder, we're building capacity through multiple options. And the final way, well, it's a suggestion, right? Utilizing the agency continuum is we're looking at, are we allowing students to define international mindedness for themselves in kid language? And as we know, when we get students to define language into kid-friendly terms, it makes a greater impact on their learning and it transfers to future learning situations. And I think this is true for international mindedness, that power of reciprocal teaching and breaking it down and making those relatable connections kid to kid is so much more powerful than teacher to kid. So how do we get our students to define this big idea on their own and to be able to, you know, synthesize it. So I've pulled some of my favorite engagements that I think really help with this, that help you at the very, um, it can be at the beginning of the unit, but it can also be throughout. Um, So I really like the headlines visible thinking routine to capture the big idea of the idea that you're talking about, whether it be international mindedness or ideas related to it. And I position with the students, okay, they might do a reading, they might watch a video. They have some sort of provocation where they're synthesizing, they're going back to prior knowledge, they're dialoguing with each other, And now they've got to surmise their ideas. So they've got to provide a headline. And as we know, a newspaper headline has five to eight words to give you the gist of what that news story is going to be about. So they're going to give you a gist statement of what they think is the big idea of what they've researched. 
and then they post them in on the I like to post them on the unit wall or around the you know the unit wall so that you kind of it helps them to see that in action um, and to be able to refer back to it and also to teach each other. So once they present their headline to um, to the class, they describe what how they come to that process. Once again, yes, it's nice to have a headline and it's nice to have these um, this evidence of learning in your room, but it's the process that matters more than anything else so that students can replicate it in the future. Another possible strategy of getting kids to define the language and to make it more user-friendly is um, Kath Murdoch's bundling strategy, where students um, look up, let's say, international-mindedness. What does it? What does culture mean? Um, what does it mean to be um, interconnected, intercultural? Any of those types of terms when you're trying to break it down or make connections between um you know, what does it mean to be globally minded? They can then go, of course, um, you have to make sure that they're going on kid-friendly um, search engines so that they don't see anything that they shouldn't. But what I've had kids do is to take a term, and they all have different terms to represent and break down, and they go on the internet and research images words, um, synonyms, they're trying to data gather. Um, and at the same time, of course, we know that many words will have multiple meanings. And so then they're trying to synthesize and go through that process. And I'm popping from group to group of group and saying, okay, well, does that context of that word work for international mindedness? And so it helps them to build that capacity of synthesizing and creating a succinct list of synonyms and descriptors of what it, of that term and then they draw an image of what it, to them captures it all it's fabulous it's one of my favorite strategies i've used it every time at the beginning of a unit um to help break down all the big vocabulary from the unit of inquiry Another um, wonderful strategy that I love over and over again is visual harvesting. Visual harvesting is where you allow students to capture um, the key terms, um, images that that reflect to them um, the big ideas of something that you have studied. And if you were to position or pose the idea of what does international mindedness after you've taught it and or culture or um, beliefs and values, all of those things that you're focusing on, it doesn't have to be international mindedness every time, right? Because those are kind of the other related ideas that support it. Um, so let's say you're doing culture. It, you allow students to capture, they can hand draw, they can pick images, um, whatever it might be, of what does culture represent to them. Fabulous opportunity, because I think what's really amazing about all of these strategies that can be used, they can be used with any topic, but I think they help students to capture the heart of a big idea 
in a low stress situation, which will help to get the most out of their thinking. And that's what we want. We want them to be the drivers, not us. And one of the best experiences I ever had with, I'm going to focus on visual harvesting, was with a student that had high functioning autism. And he was not, because of his disability, he was not able to connect as much emotionally with a lot of the content. But what was really fascinating is we did a visual harvesting um, about ecosystems and he led his group. And when he gave his presentation, he he remembered a Japanese myth um, about a man's body compared to the earth. And so he utilized that framework to capture about ecosystems, which was fascinating to me. And I saw him demonstrate such amazing leadership skills. These types of experiences is what we're going for, what we're trying to capture um, the and connect the learning. So I want you to think about, are you utilizing strategies to get students to define terms that are going to lead to international mindedness, not just defining international mindedness, but building, leading up to being open-minded about other cultures and learning from each other. Are you utilizing similar strategies to headlines, bundling, visual harvesting to help kids to be able to capture their ideas in your classroom. So where are you on that agency continuum and allowing these experiences to unfold in your classroom? Jot that down. All right. As we close, I want you to remember agency is the heart of everything in the PYP. And it's also at the heart of international mindedness. It's that small moments that allow students to make choices and connections beyond their personal experiences and expose them to the outside world. That's really, to me, at the heart of what it is. Helping them to be able to make those local and global connections. And I know time is always a factor, but I guarantee you that the more time you invest in this type of thinking of helping kids to connect, you're going to see greater connections to the learning and to the content that you've ever seen before because of the time that you've devoted to this. Does it take a lot of time? Absolutely not. But it does take time. And it takes a different way of thinking. And I hope that um, you've made some connections and that you hold true to these goals to a further layer of agency and building up your capacity um, in building up my capacity as an educator. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. Um, If you need some materials, go to my website, thinkchat2020.weebly.com. Love ya. Glad you came back for another episode and I'll see you next time.